For those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are at Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we've brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops, you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. We are just a few months away from the Contractors Coalition Summit here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It'll begin on Sunday, May 7th and complete on Wednesday, May 10th. We had two events that were completely sold out last year. The first one in Nashville, second one in Huntington Beach with Nick Schiffer from NS Builders and Morgan Molitor from Construction of Style. Again, make sure that you get out to Scottsdale. It's going to be an amazing event. We only have a few seats left and we're going to be speaking about all things pricing, project management, how to make money inside and outside of your business, you know, contracts, client expectations, building that organization. And again, just the marketing aspect, social media. One of the most amazing values of this conference is not only the content that's produced and a lot of the information that's handed out to those that attend, but also the networking, being there with 30 like-minded builders around the country, being able to have a, someone to contact and reach out to on any questions you have moving forward. It is an amazing event. Hurry and sign up again, www.contractorscoalitionsummit.com. We'll see you in May. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're going to do, you know, their back patio to the best of your ability, they're going to let you put their pool in when they see you execute it. Let's go. Welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. Here's Caleb. Welcome, Caleb. Yeah, man. Pumped. Glad yeah. to be here. I'm excited to have you on. So Caleb is with uh, Kings Ridge Building Group, your owner founder. And uh, before we got online, we're talking about the building show. So have you not been to the Builder Show in Vegas? Orlando? I have not. I have not. Not yet. It's on the to-do list. Yeah, you got to get out there. We, you know, it's they're, they're, what I found a lot of value. So it's interesting. You know, a lot of people go for different reasons. I think, of course, networking's huge. You and I are big into networking and, you know, trying to figure out our company and organization. And I found that there's just a lot of relationships with vendors too, right? You and I rely heavily on our vendors and suppliers and, you know, being face-to-face -face with the people behind the brands is super valuable just as, you know, we're doing supply chain and other things. And so I definitely think it's important for you to make that a goal next time so we can see you there next year. Yeah, I'm still a young duck. I'm trying to learn from you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, well, it's a little commute for you. I mean, it's not like it's right next door. So no, tell me where, where you're located. Yeah, I'm in uh, Toronto, Canada. So we're just outside in a town called Newmarket. And we are rocking strong. And that here, beautiful sure. winter weather of Toronto. Yeah, it does get a little brisk sometimes. A little <laughs> different than what you experience, that's for sure. Yeah, it's funny. We For us, we've had this cold streak and people give us a hard time because it's like 50 during the day and that's pretty cold for us. So we're not used to that. Yeah, yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, Caleb, as we get started, you know, I know you're big on team. I think what's pretty unique about your brand, why I wanted to have you on, I mean, you have a really unique company culture, right? Pretty young company but you have this amazing dynamic. You have great people. They believe in the brand. They believe in you. Uh, I don't think a lot of companies can say that, but you've been fortunate to do that. So what, you know, what do you attribute to success, you know, building a great team? I, I think it's, you know, there's lots of different factors. The one that I would highlight the most is I just enjoy the challenge. Um, I get kind of bored so, um, you know, growing up having like a, a team atmosphere. So like playing a lot of sports capture the flag would be my like go to game as a kid and going from like having like three buddies playing capture the flag. It's just not a lot of fun. Like 
you just don't have a lot of synergy. There's not a lot going on. But when you have like 50, 100, like at big camps with our church, we would have like a game of like 50 on 50. It's next level. If you can find the elite players, like guys that are fast or girls that can really like hustle and you just create a strategy together, it's all an equal playing field um, in terms of like hierarchy. And then you just go with the execution of the plan and you can just create so much memorable moments and just like so much momentum. Like you just thrive off of each other. Um, you know, a perfect example is I was down with you at that builder summit uh, in Cali, um, woke up with Mark six o'clock in the morning, went for a run on the beach. It's like pouring rain, spitting in our face. Would we both have been out there if it was just us? We probably would have just like turned back and run on a treadmill. But because we were both there and we're like, heck, let's go for it. We went for a five mile on the beach, in the sand, hail in the face. Um, and it just makes those moments so much more, you push each other so much farther. So I just love that. I love it's, like it, team sports and leveling up. It, it's interesting to give that perspective because I think it's easy as a business owner or not a business owner. I think, you know, when, as I speak to entrepreneurs, there's definitely a philosophy, right? There, there's one aspect to running a business that you can say, hey, I'm going to be a one-man band, we'll call it, right? I'm going to run every aspect. And yeah, yeah. Your, your, your pocketbook, paycheck, maybe it could be a little bit different as opposed to maybe taking the risk and having employees. Um, whereas, you know, others had their approach like you where I, you know, building you know, people, seeing them perform, seeing them excel, right. Building this community going, you know, that motivation, you know, especially some people I know that like to work out, go to the gym, you know, some people are like, well, if I have a workout partner, I don't want to let them down. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there at the same time. And then we're going to push each other and we're going to, you know, that's how we're going to, as you mentioned, level up and get to the, where we want to be. Uh, just like your motivation with Mark running on the beach there, you know, it's pouring rain in California when we we're out there. Oh. But essentially what it comes down to is, you know, your people see that they see that, Hey, Caleb, you know, although you're the leader of the organization, you're one of us in the aspect that, hey, I want you to be successful. I want you to have the tools and resources, and we're going to build this together, just like the capture flag analogy. And I'd imagine that just that and that alone, like that vision that you have as a business owner is going to create that, you know, that buy-in from everybody on the team. Oh, for sure. Like a big thing we live by is like, be the change you want to see. So, um, like be the leader you want to see, be the employee you want to see. So we, we love like Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, awesome book, um, really gleaned a lot from that guy. And just having that win-win, like it, it's got to be a two-way road with subs, with your own guys, um, because you need that synergy to be successful and you can just go so much farther together. It's awesome. So here, here's the tough thing that I think many owners deal with. It's one aspect to say, okay, well, you have the energy, the leadership, the passion, Caleb. Um, what's tough is, especially in this market, how do you find the right people, right? How do you find people that are like-minded? How do you find people that are, you know, willing to um, come in and, you know, be part of the company, be part of the team, be motivated, you know, be a team player, any secrets or successes that you've had, you know, finding the right people, vetting them, getting them on board? For sure. We've uh, definitely had our roadblocks, but um, the things that we've found that have worked really well is um, putting water on the seeds that you have. So like we started our team meeting. So we do a weekly team meeting um, every week with our office staff and our um, exterior crews um, all together. We're one team, one level. It's kind of like a round table kind of idea. And those are just vital because whether, you know, years, years ago, it was just like two or three of us, we still had those team meetings. And now there's like 15, 20 of us um, on a weekly team meeting. We huddled together at the shop. Um, you know, it didn't start off like glorious. Like we, before we even had a shop, we would be, you know, pulling tools from my garage. So we would be meeting at Starbucks. We would just grab a table. There'd be five, six, ten. Um, and then we, you know, ended up purchasing a property has lots of space. So now we have that going there, but I think that's, you know, a game changer for sure. Let me ask you this. So the team meeting is an interesting, um, concept. And the reason I bring that up is 
do you find like let's just speak about this uh internally for you i mean is this something that's in person is it via zoom you know what's the requirement for your team members so for us it's been uh probably the last 13 14 years it's been uh in person so i i'm a a people person i read energy i love getting around getting people pumped up so it's like you know bringing together going after what are the main things like we go over our core values are posted on the wall some weeks we'll go over a win of the week so we'll go around the circle and say like hey um what's the win of the week um another epic one we did was um we shared uh four h's so our our hopes our history our heartbreaks and our heroes so we had guys like literally crying from their heartbreaks. We had guys, you know, clapping for other guys that have gone through hard times. You really create that level of trust and intimacy that you wouldn't normally see in a, you know, a building company, but we're we're trying to attract people. So that's the big thing like with leveraging Instagram like our following just treating our guys with respect like we play dodgeball at our christmas parties or whether <laughs> we do like pizza parties in the summer um you know we play different games like where you hold the broomstick or shovel and then before it falls you run around in the circle just fun things that will break up just our our everyday life with some joy in it um just makes life just more enjoyable <laughs> for sure so is, is it ever tough for them to be that vulnerable? I remember you speaking about this that you talked about, you know, just, you know, the vulnerability, especially the heartbreak aspect of it, right? Um, I would imagine that there's a lot of support and camaraderie that's built from that. Yeah, like you can't come together not doing a team meeting and just start off with, you know, what's your history. Um, but because we've progressed so far and built such a bandwidth of trust with each other, um, a lot of our guys, we, we don't have a big turnover. They've been with us for years and years. Um, so you have that base level and then you just keep building as a leader. Okay, and are we able to go a little farther together? And that's the goal is like, we want to create lasting relationships with our employees and with our clients and see that, you know, thread throughout the company is, has been a fun process to, to um, yeah, foster. It's interesting. So what the meetings that you're doing weekly, um, is there a duration? Is there a goal? I mean, are you going through certain topics? I understand the, you know, the emotional connection, if you will, right? Um, out, when you think about just company logistics, though, and company organization and systems and protocol, how often are you addressing those items? So yeah, for sure. Like it, it, it there is a cost as an owner, um, you know, you're bringing 15, 20 people together, and you're paying them to stand there. Um, usually we'll talk for about 20 minutes and I would say once a month we have, we insert like a safety thing. So a fun one, we did a Instagram post on it. We got together and we taught the guys how to use a fire extinguisher. Like you have some kids that work for us. They're just out of high school. And then you have other people that have been in the trades for 20 years. Um, what's a fire extinguisher? Why do you need it? So we lit a fire in the middle of our shop. We blew it out. <laughs> Everybody got to take a chance. Uh, and then we had a, a leaf blower making the fire quicker, um, you know, get it progressing. Um, so it's just building those things. So once a month we'll do like skill saw, safety, table saw, and we'll video those so that new employees that haven't caught up on those safety items, they have a bank of like five minute videos that they can watch before they actually join our team. Um, so it just, it's double-ended. Like it is an investment as an owner, but the like we're, I'm not in it for the short gain. I'm in it for the long-term relationships. Guys know what's going on. Like we went over today, we had a team meeting. We went over um, how to set up fans to create negative pressure um, and like how to put up dust protection and simple things that we've gone over, you know, every six months, we'll hit that topic again, just reiterating, you have new and new people on staff, um, that don't know your processes. Um, you know, you, you have to keep pushing that ball forward and it's an uphill battle. It's not always easy. Like, you know, some weeks are better team meetings. People are engaged and some weeks aren't, but it's just, being consistent in, in pushing forward in that direction. 
It's interesting because you mentioned, you know, the investment long-term and that it's interesting because as you think about just that commitment, right. That you have as you, as you're going through that mentality is because we all understand there's a cost to acquire a client, right? There's acquisition costs as we're, you know, going through business development and marketing. Um, More importantly with employees, there's big acquisition costs to get employee to onboard them, to train them, whether you're setting them up with a truck or a phone or, you know, computer software. So if you can retain your employees, right, there's going to be huge value add for you, Caleb, as a business owner, because now, yeah, you may be investing in, in the, in the team for a reason and there's a cost to it, but you're saving money in the big grand scheme of things because of the acquisition of hiring new people. Long-term, the payoff is just like tenfold because, you know, this year we had a crack in year 20, 22. So we, we took all of our team to Leafs game. If you're a Canadian, that's where you want to be. Um, so we rented a box, we had food for the, um, guys and girls. Um, there was like 20 something of us that went, um, it was just like, you know, it, it's gotta be that win-win back to it. So like, you know, they killed it. We both, um, everybody put in their best foot. We moved, um, the needle for sure. Like we had an awesome year. We grew, we, um, saw a lot of processes implemented and that were successful. And so we rewarded everybody. And, uh, I was just as happy as the next guy to be there. Um, but it was just a fun time. It, it was definitely not a cheap event, but it was, it was worth its weight in gold just to, you know, leverage that on Instagram. Um, then you're, you're putting that out there as what you're doing um, to reward people that, you know, show up and are ready to rock and roll. It's interesting. So any secrets to hiring people? Cause it's really difficult. I mean, you've built this amazing culture. How many employees you guys are, are you at now, Caleb? So we're at 18 right now. I mean, it's amazing. This is not a small company. So you've had success in building, you know, you have 18 committed people there as part of the brand. Uh, where are your hirings coming from? So we use Indeed, we post on social media platforms as well. And then you get a lot of like uh, messages through there. Like my husband's in the trades, we follow you, love your work. I'm going to send him over. We get his resume. And then people just know, like we have other companies, guys that follow us. They see like, hey, we didn't do anything for Christmas. And these guys went to a freaking Leaf game. Which company would you pick? Um when you see like pizza lunches, we'll all, you know, it's not cheap. It's an investment. And that's the key point to take away is like, we're building a pool. So we have six guys there and then we're have three custom houses and a couple of renovations. So you're bringing like two, three, four five from all these other jobs. And they're not all next door neighbors. So, you know, that takes 20, 25 minutes just to drive everybody to one site. And then you buy, pizzas or lunches, um, whatever it is, and, uh, and just get to know each other and build that bandwidth of trust and relationship is just vital for sure. So when did you make your first hire? I mean, how, how soon in the process, when did you know it was time? Uh, I was working out of the back of a forerunner doing saw jobs and you name it at like 17. And, uh, I started doing a backyard patio and I couldn't do it alone. Like I needed to lift some steps. Like we did a lot of hand bombing. Um, there was no money in the game for a long time. So I just hired, um, a buddy right away and then two, and we were probably four or five of us for like 10 years. And then it's only been the last um, you know, a couple of years that it's been, you know, you, you know, that, that water has hit those seeds and now we're actually seeing fruit from it. So it's been really exciting. So this is interesting, Caleb. So this all started back when you're 17 and you're on forerunner, you know, doing your own jobs, just figuring this out, you know, as a young kid. Yeah. Just, uh, lighten it up the back of the forerunner, throw the drop cloth for, uh, painting and then just throw sods rolls in there and away we go. So how did you get started that young? Were you in construction before that? So my dad was in the business. So I gleaned so many gold nuggets from him. Uh, Started on, you know, cleaning sites when I was like eight. He would just drop me driving pickup trucks at 11 or 12, um, cleaning up job sites, picking up garbage. Um, And then he got out of it when I was 14. He got into the golf business 
And then I started, I said, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it wasn't my jam. I like playing golf. I don't like working there. So I wanted to create things. I just love building and seeing the, you know, the finished product and just the satisfaction that comes from it is just uh, priceless. So you've had a lot of experience building people. I mean, you mentioned that from the very beginning of 17, you quickly got up to four. You stayed that way for about 10 years. And then, of course, you've accelerated now. What do projects look like now compared to the very beginning? Yeah, that is definitely uh, night and day. So we would like change light bulbs, cut grass, do anything. Like I had hedge trimmers in the back of my forerunner. I would do whatever you needed done. Um, you said you. we had one lady I had two or three guys working on a project, I was picking up materials and she said, can you build a waterfall into my deck? And the guys were like, I don't know, you have to ask Kayla, but in their heads, they're like, heck no, we can't do that. I walked up, she's <laughs> like, can you do that? I was like, a hundred percent, we can do that. And they're all like, after she left, they're like, but we've never done that. I'm like, well, if someone else can do it, so can we. Um, so researched it, talked to the right people and made a crack in waterfall. Um, she was extremely happy and, and that's always been our mentality. Like there's a mountain, we're going after it. Um, if someone else can do it, so can we. So it's interesting. So you were in the very beginning, you know, a lot of, I don't want to call service industry, but you're doing whatever you're doing, you know, any project that you can get your hands on. If you hadn't done it before, if there's no track history, you're going to figure it out. You're going to make the calls, get the intelligence, right. And then they know how to do it. Um, how has that evolved now? When you think about 18 employees, are you guys self-performing a lot? You know, how has the scale of project increase in the clientele? For sure. So the game has changed. Like we have a couple customs going right now, a big, big one, you know, it's 10,000 square feet. Um, for you, that might not be that big, but for us, that's a kicker. No, it's a big house. It's a big <laughs> house for anybody. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's been uh, it's been a huge blessing. Like we're extremely grateful. Like the trust in our clients and um, the the industry around us, um, you know, trusts our name. We have a good brand. Um, so it's it's definitely changed. Like we do, um, we have our landscape division. So they're building pools, cabanas. Um, you know, we're doing a cabana right now that you can live in. It's so big. Um, so those kind of projects are coming down the pipeline and we're, we're able to successfully execute them because we were faithful in just like pushing forward in the smaller things and just like stepping on all the stones we had to, to learn the right things. And now we're building custom houses from ground up. Um, you know, we're, we're bringing people's dreams to reality. So I think a lot of people as business owners, they have a hard time getting over that benchmark, glass ceiling, whatever it is, is prevent them to get to the next project, right? What led to you getting your first custom home? And then how have you, you know, catapulted the business off of that? For sure. I think the biggest thing is realizing um, you're building the bandwidth, whatever you're doing. So like we have a good saying in, in the company that we'll use at team meetings, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're going to do, you know, their back patio to the best of your ability, they're going to let you put their pool in when they see you execute it. Um, and, and we just have been blessed. Like we just have like little doors open that are like, Hey, um, we want you to do this. Um, we ended up doing our first pool in my backyard, you know, learned the ins and outs. Um, so there's that too. Like you got to kind of take the risk of learning it, pay a bit. You know, I definitely wasn't looking to put a pool in my backyard at the time we did, but I saw the need in the industry. It was right before COVID, thank God. And then that just snowballed. Like we do lots of pools now. We're we're pros at it. Um, you know, we can build at an extremely high level, and that's how we keep everything uh, moving forward. Like with a custom home, when we do your whole main floor, we put in big steel beams. We do it an amazing job. The site's clean. Guys show up every day. We tell the truth. We build that bandwidth of trust. And then you you buy another home. We fully got it, do a big addition on the back. So now you're not spending a hundred thousand with us, you're spending a million. And it's just like that snowball effect. When you gain momentum, like I'm a runner, when you lean forward, your foot automatically has to catch you. So you want to push your chest forward. You want to keep that momentum going and then pushing at those doors that are just open a crack um, and saying, hey, do, you know, you bought that property, you got that land, 
Um, I heard that you need a builder, you know, could we give you a good deal? And then that's the other big thing is like, we will lower our price just to get in the door on a project to get that experience under our belts, um, you know, on something we could have maybe made better money on a smaller project, but we like open that door, get it open. And then now we can charge, you know, industry rates, but we needed to get that first couple pools under our belts, the first couple of custom homes under our belts to be able to go there. So with, with this progression that you've had, which is really impressive, Caleb, I mean, especially at your age, you know, what you've been able to accomplish and just the maturity and understanding of company culture and team building. What, what keeps you up at night? What are the things that stress you out maybe 10 years ago, as opposed to now? Um, I used to stay up a lot, you know, thinking, oh, I need a roll of Tyvek for this guy. I need to remember this guy needs 22 by sixes. Um, but now we kind of have a good system. Like we have a office coordinator, we have our project managers, we have an in-house designer. We kind of have all the roles kind of filled. So there's seven of us in the office kind of pushing the ball forward there. So I'm actually happy to say that I'm sleeping like a baby these last few years. <laughs> but um, the I would say four years ago, we built our five years ago, we built our own home. And at that time, I was running all the jobs, didn't have an office manager, didn't have a project manager. It was me and our one social media guy doing everything kind of like running around with chickens with our heads cut off. Um, but now and then and then you're super stressed out like you you but that's how it grows. Like you, you build the bandwidth, you're super stressed. And then, you know, Hey, what do I not like doing? I'm going to hire that person first. Well, I do not like paperwork. I'm going to hire our office manager to take phone calls and do paperwork all day long um, and find someone who loves doing that and excels at it. And that's been just a game changer for me uh, for my sleep game for sure. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers. Because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. They're, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty. You know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. And I understand the strategy, especially as you think about, you know, as you become more of a savvy business owner, we'll call it, you're going to be able to understand what you're good at, maybe the visionary aspect of the company, and then the implementation, you're going to subcontract that or hire someone, right, to bring that in. And, you know, you're going to work through those strengths and weaknesses internally. Strategy, you mentioned you have in-house design. You know, how often are you designing all of your own projects? Are you working with outside design and architectural teams? So, yeah, that's definitely not doing all of our own projects. Like, usually we have about 10 on the go at a time um, scaling in size. Um, so we would usually design maybe three or four of those. Um, so say maybe half, and then we're working with architects, designers, you know, on some big, big projects. We just don't have the bandwidth. They have like, you know, a whole office full of designers that can design each niche light box. There's just so much detail that goes into executing a proper project that, um, yeah, we just, have some projects that we can handle and then the rest um, we're working with our sub trades. So as you look back, do you feel that there was ever anything that inhibited, you know, your growth as a company? Oh, for sure. The, the greatest obstacle is always yourself. Like 
um, investing in coming to uh, see you guys in Cali. Um, you and Nick just killed it, loved it. Um, that was a game changer for me, just investing in myself as a leader and just seeing, you know, rubbing shoulders with people that have gone down the road farther than you have. It just makes all the difference in the world. Um, before, you know, making that investment, it was just reading books. Like I'm an avid reader now where four or five years ago, I, I was not, I didn't have that. And that's what has slowed me down has been, you know, myself pushing myself forward in those aspects and like blocking out time to read. Like reading is not an urgent thing that you need. Someone needs you right now. You're going to jump on the phone, do it. It's something you got to time block and set aside and prioritize. But the the payback is is like paying into your team. It's just tenfold. So that's been a huge game changer. It's it's funny you bring that up because, I mean, you think back to, I'm sure most of us in school, like no one wants to read, right? And then as you get older, you realize, why, why am I not reading and consuming more information? There's so much out there that can like, help me as a business owner and strategize. And I could be so much more efficient, educated, especially with the clientele you're working through. It's funny how you make that turn. And you mentioned, you know, that, you, you know, like seven habits of highly effective people, Stephen R. Covey, when you're, you know, getting into books as you are now, are there certain topics or genres? Is it strictly business entrepreneurship? Do you dabble outside of that? Oh yeah. Like I have uh, atomic habits is one I'm reading right now, hard copy. And then I'm audibling, um, what am I audibling right now? A bunch of different books, like Seven Habits. I probably audibled like 30 times. Um, you know, <laughs> driving to job sites, you're either listening to a good podcast like this one or you're uh, listening to an audible. It's uh, That's been a game changer. Like, you know, I have four little ones. Like, you know, life gets busy. Um, but setting apart time, like I wake up early, um, do some reading and then, uh, I'm ready to rock. I'm good to, to go have my coffee and I'm ready to take over the world. You know, <laughs> sometimes that's all you need, right? A little coffee in the morning, a then little you're good coffee, to go. a little reading and away we go. <laughs> it's a little harder for me when it's dark and cold outside. Like you have in Toronto, it's a little tougher, you know, to get up early, but when you're warm in your bed, so it just shows the motivation you have, uh, outside of, you know, you mentioned you attended the summit. That's how you and I got to spend a lot of time there in California, which was a blast. Um, you know, other things that you've worked on, maybe that ed education. The reason I ask is because I'm still um, super impressed, Caleb. I mean, I think about where I was at 17, right? And to be able to start my company, grab a buddy, start working, and here you are just forming your company at 17 years old. I think that's really impressive. You know, my history, which I think a lot of listeners know, you know, I grew up in the industry, probably similar to you and, you know, family in construction. I ended up going to college and doing construction management, you know, and then working for a firm before starting my company. And even then, right, even this track record of working for a big builder and working on some complicated projects, I don't think I fully understood the complication of running business, you know, from just accounting and, you know, running, you know, job costing and balance sheets and dealing with clients and the risk and, you know, training company. I mean, the list goes on, right. Of all the things. It's amazing to me that here you are at 17 and you are where you are now, Caleb. I mean, did you have a network of mentors or other builders there in Toronto? I mean, how would you accelerate that growth just in, you know, getting so many people to believe and, and follow you? Yeah. I think the way I learned, like I'm not a book learner. That's just not my game. High school was all I got. Um, but just watching people, like if, if, uh, like for my dad, he, um, taught me. So I, I had a great springboard from him, but then like, if I was cleaning a site, I was asking the tiler who was installing tile, Hey, how are you doing that? Why are you doing it like that? Asking the right questions to whoever you bump shoulders with. Like my dad had friends. I would call them up, be like, Hey, um, how are you doing this? What would you do with that? Um, and just progressively growing like it definitely at 17 i made some insane mistakes you know with managing people even to a couple years ago i regret the way i dealt with different people um and uh and then you just the biggest thing is you got to pivot and turn and uh correct course like um you know we have a long-term forecast of where we want to go and uh correcting courses is, is vital. Like you need to have that lighthouse and you need to just keep trekking on. 
um, no matter how windy or wavy it's getting. Let me go back to, if you don't mind sharing, and you don't have to give specific examples, but thinking about regretting how you dealt with people or handled certain things, um, how has that changed to now? Um, I think you you learn so much by failure. Like uh, as humans, like we're definitely not perfect. I am not a perfect person. Um, but I think my intention is to lean towards that. And uh, we had um, an employee at the time that I just dealt with just out of immaturity and insecurity. Um, the person was underperforming um, to our standard, which is fine. Um, but the, the way you, you, you know, you handle people that are underperforming um, is massively, it speaks, you know, the way I, I handled that person speaks to my whole staff. So that is just such a game changer to understand and to have the foresight as a leader to just deal graciously, whether they're succeeding or failing. Um, like even we were talking at our team meeting today, um, you know, you're only going to be successful 80% of the time. You're definitely not going to win all of your battles. You're not going to make all the light niches the exactly right size every day for the last 10 years. You're going to screw up. Um, but having that insight together and that relational win-win uh, strategy that, you know, it's okay to screw up. Let's have, you know, oh, crap, I screwed up and uh, move on. Like, let's, let's work at a solution together has been my, you know, newfound uh, wisdom that uh, I really, you know, regretted the way I, you know, let people uh, leave the company. And, um, and, it, and it's, and it's helped me now. Like, I, I definitely cherish the team I have. We have a wicked team right now, like um, 10 out of 10. Like, we just have a strong team. Everybody's in it for the right reasons. Um, you know, one big, big thing that we're, we're high on and I'm high on is follow your passions. Like if you're not meant to be here, then, then the door is yours. Like if you're not getting up and like ready to rock, you know, you're definitely going to have crappy days, but, um, that 80, 20 rule, like if 80% of the time you're ready to go and this is what you're excited about, then you're in the right place. So you need to ask yourself that you need to ask your employees that and give them, you know, the the door like to to leave so that the new person can come in fill those shoes and have that right company culture and level of uh get after it um together it's funny you say that because a, a mentor of mine just along that final comment you made caleb when you're talking about you know if if someone's in a position where they want to leave pursue another opportunity and you kind of built this company culture already the track record uh this mentor mindset brad you're always going to upgrade and what that means is if someone leaves for whatever reason, you're going to find someone who's going to be better at that position. And then ideally on the back end side, you have your systems dialed in, you have your processes. So now as they come in and you're upgrading that position, here you go. You, you know, your company is going to continue to get refined and better and better, you know, as you continue to upgrade. And I thought that was interesting because like you mentioned, I mean, you can't sacrifice company culture is too valuable. You have to make sure you have the right people on the bus, you know, in the right seat. And, and the more you can do that, the more you're functioning at, you know, full capability. Oh, for sure. It's vital. It's vital to, you know, there's a mountain. It's not easy to get up. There's storms, there's potholes, there's roadblocks. Owning a business is not for the faint of heart. It's a, it's a challenge. Um, but seeing the reward at the end of the day, like um, people growing, maturing, learning, like we have an awesome structure of bringing new leaders up and just seeing them, you know, start at a high school and now they're 25 and they're like, you know, leading a crew, leading another guy, leading three guys, leading five guys, um, and seeing them progress and, uh, you know, contribute in such a great way is such a reward. So amazing. So when you speak about the lighthouse aspect that, Hey, you know, how often are you spending on the company? you know, direction to understand and who's involved in that. I mean, it's just simply you, you have the vision, you know, you're addressing it to the team as, as they're ready for it. Do you have anyone in the company you're confiding with, you know, maybe a leadership team that you're organizing to say, Hey, here's where we are. This is where I want to get to. So we have uh, five crew leaders. So they all have, you know, company trucks, they lead, you know, two to five people per day. 
um, minimum. And then, um, so we do a, a monthly meeting with just them. It's kind of like a round table. What do you need? How can we help? Um, kind of conversation. So it's less of me where like the team meetings weekly are more me um, just kind of saying, rah, rah, let's go up that mountain. Um, you know, this is more of like, what's working, what's not, um, what's, what's our roadblocks? Like you're on the ground, you're the, you know, your, your ear is right there. You're the ones listening, hearing the complaints from the clients, you know, having that round table has been vital. And then we do a yearly thing with a company coach. So we create, um, job titles, job roles, um, go to her and, uh, spend time just like, a deep dive. So it's a full, um, you know, eight hours. And by the end of it, you're just dizzy with all the information she's uh, throwing at you. Um, but it, it just really pays to have that structure and then creating like um, that, that roadmap for, for that year to go forward and uh, understand each other better and understand, you know, how can we improve this year compared to last year? And that's what, you know, that's why we've progressed is we don't want to stay the same. It's interesting thinking about just the value um, of titles and roles, right? It, it, it's funny how you just think of the, how we evolve, right? As business owners and in our careers. And, you know, the more time that you and I are spending having this discussion now that we're spending, you know, with other successful business, I mean, they, they will not, I mean, they'll die on that hill saying you have to have, a good understanding of what the job titles are, what the roles are, what that means, where that baton goes. I mean, it's just crucial. If you want to be successful in business, you better understand that. And if you're Caleb starting out at 17, and of course we didn't know this then, this would be great, right? You know, it may be you and you identify the roles that you're running as a business owner. And then as you hire, you know, they can specify in each role. But as you grow as a company, if you don't have that, there's no way that you can be profitable, successful, and keep good company culture. And it's interesting that this is something that as a company over the last couple of years, we've been spending just a lot of time and a lot of effort on to make sure that everyone understands, you know, so that we're not creating double work. Oh, for sure. The roles and goals, like we even still are, are in that progression. This is a year that we're really going to hone that in because it, 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 it gets outdated so quickly. Like, the way we did with 10 people is totally different than the way we do 18, you know, like, and now we have a 10 acre property. We have, you know, fuel tanks. We have tons of areas for tools and trucks and a shop that's heated. So like, well, what's the uh, shop flow? Who's going to manage that? What, what's the process to keep trucks clean and uh, oil changes done. So we have a shop manager now. Um, he manages, all of those things that are, that's his ball of wax. Like he understands them. He's used them. He knows how to maintain them. He knows what he can fix and what needs to go into a shop to get fixed. And uh, it, it's always evolving. It has to, because if you don't, if you neglect one side, the, the pendulum's just going to sink. Like the, the boat's going to take on too much water on that one side. So you're bailing out and then it goes to the other side, the office, needs roles and goals and the, the lead guys need roles and goals. And we all do to, to understand what's the goal, what's the purpose, what are we here for? What are we putting our hands to the plow to create? And um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a, and you know, I, I never see myself retiring. I see myself golfing a little bit more um, and, <laughs> and, just go until, uh, you know, 96 is my goal for life. So uh, I'm just going to go strong till then. How is the golf game? It is very weak right now. My dad owned a course, <laughs> played every day. And then uh, I probably played a handful of times last year. So I used to be half decent, but um, that's that's on the to-do list too. We've got lots you on know, that golf's list. You know, golf yeah. When, when you're building a company with little kids and, and the problem with golf, as you mentioned, it's not like basketball where you can maybe take a day or so, get your shot back, you know, with golf, uh, you know, just that touch around the green, you know, the short game is what oh. kills you and it seems to go fast. Yeah. So I've, I've trained, I've, I started playing hockey. So once I got off the tools and I was just in management, I'm playing hockey four times a week, got to get that energy out and then I'm running twice a week. So you got to, 
you got to set challenges, have a cold shower in Canada. You'll know uh, what cold feels <laughs> like in the morning. And that gets me fired up. So how do you find time to balance, you know, being a dad, kids work, you know, building your business, you know, gym time, hockey time. Um, so I play early in the morning, um, kind of set my priorities. Like we don't work weekends. Um, I'll just grab a couple emails. Um, so just kind of time block has been the key for me. So I'll set, like, I used to not play hockey. I was like, Oh, I'm too busy. Then I started getting chubby and I was like, yeah, heck no. Um, so to keep your body, um, and your mental game strong and you feel good about yourself, you got to time block it. So I play six forty-five in the morning, um, a couple times a week. And then I play uh nine 30 at night. And then I go running every Tuesday and Thursday and just have that structure, um, of what works. And then, you know, your coach and your kids, hockey teams and soccer teams, and it's all, you just kind of juggle it and see what balls fall and what are worth keeping in the air and what or not and uh kind of going with the flow well i love going back to a comment you made earlier you talked about the f5 crew leaders you know that are really your your managers overseeing you know their their crews you know multiple people and what's interesting is after the the summit that we had with you we you know i'm part of a builder 20 and they do what's called a swat right which is um you know strengths weaknesses opportunities threats and so five of the 20, so five of the 20 builders came out and they did like an audit of AFT. And uh, funnily enough, Nick Schiffer, you know, came cause he's in our build of 20 groups yeah, and he yeah. came out Sick. and, uh, yeah. And so they, the five came out, they interviewed every employee on, on our team. They interviewed clients, oh, wow. trade partners, designers, architects Love to it. really come and say, okay, Brad, yeah, here's the snapshot of AFT. Here's again, Here's the weaknesses as yeah. a company. Here's opportunities you have. Here are the threats, right? And one of the most valuable things that I took that I that really has made a huge impact this year um, is they said, Brad, you should be having leadership meetings. And essentially what they were defining was uh, as business owners, we tend to make decisions. You know, we may see where we're going and, and you know, whether we're busy or whether we're not including, you know, we have key people on our team member that have really good input. And so they said, you need to have someone from, you know, so my controller, right from the accounting side. And I have my operations guy who's doing all my legal and contracts, Patrick, and then Spencer, who's my director of construction. And they said, so you have like field office accounting and yeah. we get together and essentially have these leadership meetings. So we do these leadership meetings and it's amazing. The insight, the feedback, the ideas that they have as we get together. We just had one this morning before you and I came on the podcast today and it's been valuable, right? As you're thinking about, okay, organizationally, now we have a team to make decisions where I'm not on the island making them like, okay, team, how do we address this? What do we want to do here? This is a, a kink in the, in the system here. How do we fix this? And essentially you've been doing this for a while. I mean, you've already been doing your weekly meetings. You've been doing, you know, you have your five crew leaders, uh, implementing, you know, the same strategy. Yeah. So like, I was a youth pastor um, young, so that kind of led into that, seeing the fruit from getting together, um, seeing people come together, share. Um, so that kind of snowballed into um, where we are now. It was definitely an evolved process. It didn't start off perfect. Um, it's trial and error. And uh, and I, I think the big thing is respecting each other. Like, um, you know, we grab bubble teas or whatever, we'll bring them to the office, um, or butter tarts where our office is above, um, the best butter tart place in Ontario. Um, they have the, what's a butter tart <laughs> a reward. So it's like a little pie. It's like this big, it's full of like sugar and pecans and a coating on top and it'll just blow your sugar brain off. Um, so we, we have those and then we get together and just kind of, um, you know, divulge what's going, what's working, what's not. And it's, you just see the fruit of it. Um, you know, my phone was blowing up like always. So we kind of made a, um, a tree like high priority, middle and low. So the fruit that's at the bottom of the tree, you can understand and you can make the call on mid-level fruit. You need to call two of the other crew leaders figure it out together. If you can't figure it out together, then you need to call me. Um, and it, that eliminated like three hours a day of my phone. Um, I was on it like 
seven hours a day. It was just ridiculous. And I couldn't get anything else done. So I was like, um, what can I do? And the lady that we met with once a year, she was like, you got to implement this. And that's been a game changer from, you know, protecting my time and my, um, you know, brain capacity for going forward. That's interesting. I, I, I like the example of, you know, the Apple chart, right? And that's how you categorize and, you know, the communication you have with the team members. How do you separate yourself from the competitors? I know one thing that's tough is how do we create value for the customers? How do we show that value, you know, in our sales or marketing approach? Um, what's different about you as opposed to other builders that compete with you in the Toronto area? Yeah, so we definitely leverage uh, social media for that. So we, you know, pride ourselves on clean sites is a massive one showing up on time and telling the truth are kind of our three key components that we protect with our lives. Um, and we go over in our weekly team meetings um, and just really hammer that home. Like when people drive by our sites, like we're building a custom right now, we get messages on Instagram. Hey, this site's so clean. I can't believe it. Um, you guys are moving so fast. So um, just having that response and that platform to get feedback from has been massive and learning what works like what at the end of each client we kind of have like a five question in air what's working what were the trigger points that you saw that weren't um you know going well so we were having you know a project manager i was getting kind of overloaded so that was coming up quite often like we were still getting the project done it was getting done on time but the the client was kind of in the dark a little bit they weren't getting those weekly emails. This is what's happened. This is what's going to happen. They were kind of spotty. Um, so we hired someone full-time just to take care of that thing that kept coming up um, and just realizing what is the weed that's growing in our garden that we keep hearing about it, pulling it out, mending the, the soil, and then watering it so we can grow grass there. That's been just a game changer for us. It's interesting. So how prevalent... Because really what this comes down to is that for you to have a really successful brand is you're solving the pain points or as you mentioned, like the trigger points of your clients, right? And then you're going to not only solve them, but you're going to market them and you're going to broadcast them, um, you know, for those that follow you. How, how common is it for your clients to give you genuine feedback? You know, are they giving this to you personally, Caleb? Are you going through a third party? Are they going through other employees? You know, because that feedback is super vital as long as they're willing to give you a, you know, a true, you know, uh, answer for sure. Of what you, project. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think everyone is completely honest, but you definitely, um, we, we don't do it while I'm in front of them because, uh, they're going to say, Oh, you're amazing. No matter what you're doing. <laughs> um, we definitely give them, you know, an email from the office coordinator saying, Hey, um, thanks for your final payment. Um, this is a survey. If you could fill it out quick, and uh, usually you get a genuine response if you have, um, you know, you know, not every client is our client either. So we have like a vetting process um, that we kind of showcase like what we're about, why, why we are the way we are and who's our client and not. Like we do not want to be working with someone who's not aligned with our core beliefs or principles. Like if you want it quick, fast, bang, bang job, that's not us. Like we're quality um, consistency and, uh, you know, taking the process to fruition is, is the way we like to do it. So when did you start social media? We started, yeah, that was a, uh, kind of just a fumbled upon. So my one employee, he worked for me, uh, for the last seven years. Um, he started in high school. He was on the tools, running wheelbarrows. We would do races. Um, I was on the tools as well. You know, we would be doing a mulch job or a saw job. We'd just like, we would have six guys there. It's it's go time. Let's race. Who can get the, the most amount of rolls laid? You would like spread it in three guys or go one-on-one -on -one or whatever the challenge was. Just creating that fun uh, challenge kind of sports atmosphere um, was just vital. So he ended up going to uh, university and studying so he was like hey this instagram thing is going to be huge and i was like nah man like i i don't really see it and he kept saying it yeah so i checked it out i wasn't on any social media at all i didn't even have facebook i was like newly married so this was like yeah i don't even know 
seven years ago, something like that. So he, um, he was like, we should try it. So I was like, okay, we'll try it for three, three to five months. I said, and we saw no fruit, like zero. So we planted tons of seeds, started the account, started following people, putting up content, saw nothing. So I was like, we were both kind of like, yeah, it's just not worth it. It's not there yet. So it's something that will come. And then I was listening to a podcast and this guy said, in the next five years, if you don't have video content, you're going to be out of business. And it just like struck a chord in me. And I was like, I'm hiring them. I don't care. It's, it struck that like long-term vision perspective. And I was like, okay, we're going at it. We're just going to be consistent at it. We're not going to see the fruit right away. That's like anything in life. We're just going to, you know, be consistent. Like when you go to the gym, you don't lose your dad bod overnight. Like you got to go for a solid year to have some muscles to show for it. So we did it for a while and then we just kept learning and evolving and, you know, getting better in front of camera and putting out content. Like now we get, you know, replies saying like, love your content. It's so informative. Um, keep doing it. And that's cool too. Like, um, we as consumers in this industry, we just love, like, I just want to eat your content for free and never give anything back. But as a consumer, we need to say like, Hey, great job. Like keep it up, like promote the things that you like in other people that they're doing well. It goes a long way. So we would just like throw that out there as well. Like, like posts, like people's comment on things that you think are cool. Um, don't just like take it, you know, we, we look at our analytics on like saved posts um, are a big game changer. And that really shows us that people are really engaging in it. Um, so you see a ton of people saving it, but like, are they saying like, hey, well done, like great idea, or um, we love that content you put out. Um, that's something as a society we need to definitely work on. There's no doubt. I mean, a huge part of that is the reciprocity, but you mentioned just like the analytics. I mean, as you break it down and even though algorithms change, the fact of the matter, the content that does the best are the ones that people are affording and they're saving, right? Those For two sure. metrics. And I'm sure you're tracking that. I am too. And so what that means is the good content you're putting out that is appealing that people are either saving because it's a design idea or they're saving because maybe it's a business piece of a business advice or whatever it may be, it's intriguing. And then you, of course, you, you know, you cater content, you know, to that. Oh yeah. It's been, uh, it's been vital for our growth. Like we only do 30 kilometers loop from our shop. So we kind of have a niche market. Like we don't go everywhere because that's just our business model. Like we put family first. Like I want to be home for my son's soccer and hockey and, our guys are coaching their baseball teams and helping out with lacrosse and different things. We want to promote that. Like we, we work from um, seven, seven thirty in the morning and then we shut down uh, usually on the job at five. So you're back at the shop at latest five thirty, um, so that, and you get your weekend. So that kind of creates that um, value for us. What we see as the highest priority is our families and um, not just working our lives away. And, uh, and you attract people when you set those priorities. Well, you're not busy at all. So what do you do for fun? <laughs> oh, I, I'm uh, trail running is like, I freaking feel like I could fly. Um, so I, I'll throw a bag in my car. If I have a meeting by a trail, I'll just hit it. Um, and then uh, usually at the end of the day and then go home all sweaty or I'll play hockey nice and early, um, get after it. Um, those are my two big things. And then hanging out with my kids. I am, you know, I'm in love with my wife and in love with my kids, just um, playing sports with them, going to their dance or piano or whatever it is. You know, I love coaching my son's hockey. I coach my, my older guys um, 11 and super fun. And then my little guy just started and I'm assistant coaching him. And he's only four. He's on the ice whipping around. Those are my joys. And I just, I just wouldn't give that up for the world. That's amazing. So with that said, Caleb, um, of course, I super respectful of your time. I know you're beyond busy, built an amazing company. I'm still dumbfounded how you start at 17 and you're the success you have now for anyone listening 
they need to follow you. You have amazing content. I love the videos you put out as well. Um, for those listening, what do you have that's upcoming and exciting and where can they find you? Um, yeah, the best place is Instagram. We're uh, most active there. So Kings Ridge Building Group, um, follow us there. We have a really cool project that's uh, 10,000 square feet that we're renovating with a designer that just has some super cool designs. And uh, we're bringing you know that project to life and you can follow along on the journey there. It's amazing, Caleb. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time today and uh, excited when we get to connect again, hopefully sooner, but maybe next build show. So, Yeah, buddy. Love it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Tons of respect. If you give value from the show, please support us by giving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen to. And I also have a favor to ask. We've had some incredible guests that come on and share their wisdom, their knowledge about their business. So if you have friends or family members that could benefit from those episodes, please share it with them, as well as any other business owners that you're networking with that could get value from the podcast or certain episodes. Please share those as well. Again, subscribe, make sure you're following any questions that you have topics. We've had uh, listeners reach out about certain guests that we should have on the show. Again, brad.l at aftconstruction.com. Email me for topics to address guests that we should have on. And even if you think you'd be a great guest for the show. So again, thank you for all your support and we'll see you next time.